Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. Yes, we're pressing on through Matthew. We're in the 21st chapter right now. Actually building upon what we saw in the previous episode uh, coming out of the book of John. So uh, all four Gospels give an account of this. And quite often this is called the triumphant entry. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, that, that communicates some things that aren't quite right biblically. I know why people do it. It's all right. I'm not going to make a big deal. But really, guys, can we not just use what the Scripture says? You know, just use this words. So here we go. Matthew chapter 21, verse 1 says this. When they approached Jerusalem and had come to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them. So they come to a place right here at the Mount of Olives, and Jesus fetches a couple of disciples and says, okay, I want you to go do something. Here's what he says in verse 2. Go into the village opposite of you. That means go in the, in the village across the hollow right here. And immediately you will find a donkey tied there and a coat with her. Untie them and bring them to me. Now you notice I was emphasizing certain words there. Had you ever noticed before that there wasn't just one donkey, but there's two? You will find a donkey tied there and a coat. And that word coat means the, the foal of the donkey, a, little, a smaller one, <clears throat> with her. Untie them and bring them to me. Now, we're going to be looking at the other gospel accounts in the next few episodes, okay? And you'll see that it just simply mentions that uh, Jesus called for a donkey, called for a ride, okay? That's fine. But Matthew has given us some insight into something right here. And this is what I mentioned in the previous episode that crossed my mind. I could be totally wrong about this, but I think there may be something here about this. I don't know why. It's just in the move from the back of my mind to the forefront of my mind right here, and I'm wondering about it. Haven't checked it out. Haven't dove into any commentaries. Uh, for this, because I just don't have time right now for that. But I'm wondering, there's a donkey, okay, and a coat. And he says, untie them and bring them to me. I wonder if the donkey is a picture of the old covenant. And if the new covenant, the new coat, the new life that is here is a picture of the new covenant and what the Lord's about to do. I don't know. You know, donkeys for what? For riding? For working? Anyway, I think there may be something there. Verse 3, Jesus continues to talk. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. <coughs> so Jesus is here. He calls himself Lord. He says, if anyone says anything like, Hey, why are you taking these animals? Then you say, The Lord has need of them, and he will send them with you. Well, how did Jesus know that? How did he know that when you go across that village over there, you're going to find these two animals and want you to do this? Well, yes, he's moving in quite a prophetic sense. Jesus was a prophet. He, the Lord Father revealed to him what was happening. Verse 4 now. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. And here's a quote. The fifth verse is a quote out of, where is this? Okay, let me check here. Isaiah, that's what I thought, Isaiah 62. And here's what verse 5 says. Say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, gentle and mounted on a donkey, even on a coat, the foal of a beast of burden. The foal of a beast of burden. 
See, the old covenant had become a beast of burden because of the way that the religious rulers had applied it and thumped the people over the head with it for hundreds of years, how they had abused the people, literally how they had bludgeoned the people with the law. It's the reason Jesus was always conflicting with them over that. They were accusing Jesus of not honoring the law, particularly in relationship to the Sabbath day, right? And Jesus says, no, you got this all backwards. He got all back. They had made the law into a beast of burden. But here it had been prophesied in Isaiah that the king would come, the king of Zion would come, and he would come gently and mounted on the donkey. He would not come as a warrior and on a great stallion, though he would do that. And there's other prophetic things that speak about that. And that sort of brought some confusion to these religious rulers and interpreters of the word. How could that be? We have a little more insight from our point in history right now. We know that Jesus came the first time gentle and mounted on the donkey, even the coat, and as we'll see later on, a coat that had never been ridden on by anybody. And usually if you get on a coat that hadn't been ridden on by anybody, you're going to be in for a ride of your life. Right? you got to break them in a little bit. No, not in this case. This is the foal of a beast of burden. In other words, this new life that had come from the old life. Again, see there's some pictures right here that are running through my mind. Verse 6, the disciples went and did just as Jesus had instructed them. That's always a good thing to do. Verse 7, and brought the donkey and the coat. Notice they brought both of them and laid their coats on them. And he sat on the coats. So did they lay their coats on both of them? Well, apparently, then why do they need to bring both of them? Why didn't they just bring the coat? You think the coat's going to go anywhere that mama didn't go? <laughs> you didn't grow up on the farm if you think that. No, you want them both together. Verse 8. Most of the crowd spread their coats in the road, and others were cutting branches from the trees and spreading them in the road. Well, why were they doing that? They were creating a, a, a clean path, a path of honor for the king. They were declaring him to be king. Look at the next verse. Verse 9. The crowd's going ahead of him, and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It's right out of the 118th Psalm. Hosanna in the highest. They're declaring that he's king. They call him the son of David. They're singing hosannas unto him, which is what you would do to the king, to the Messiah. Verse 10. When he had entered Jerusalem, all the city was stirred, saying, Who is this? And the crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth, Nazareth in Galilee. So we see here that they're declaring that he is a prophet. They acknowledge that he's a prophet. But wait, folks, there's really, really much, much more to this. It's interesting because when you, uh, you can click on, uh, and you got books for this and computer things, to see a harmony of the Gospels. In other words, how the Gospels line up with one other, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in relationship to this. Well, when you read it back in Matthew, they skip the next two verses in the harmony. Okay, And the reason is these next two verses don't appear in the other Gospels at this point in time. Okay, They do here. And that's sort of intriguing. Let me just read this, and we'll read as far as I have time today. Verse 12. So Jesus comes in. He enters the temple and drove out all those who were buying and selling in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who were selling doves. What did he do? 
he comes in and he overturns the tables. Verse 13, and he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a robber's den. You see it here in Matthew that Jesus does this at the beginning of the last week of his life. In another gospel, you see he does it at the beginning of his ministry time. And there's all sorts of debate about that. Well, that the writers write these things in the order they want to just to communicate an idea. And they weren't too worried about the order. Well, Luke said that he was writing his chronologically. Matthew's has been pretty chronological so far in some things, okay? Could it be that there was probably two times that Jesus overturned the tables? Could be. Let me read these last few verses. My time is up. Verse 14. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he had done and the children who were shouting in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they became indignant. And they said to Jesus, do you hear what these children are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes. Have you never read out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies you have prepared praise for yourself? And he left them and went out of the city to Bethany and spent the night there. Notice there's a timing element here. He came in, he goes out, and he spends the night. It's been a day. Notice what he said. He uses the scripture to reply to these religious rulers. He quotes back to them, Matthew, uh, Psalm 8, out of the mouth of infants and nursing babes. You've prepared praise for yourself. He's literally saying that that praise they were giving him has been prepared by the most high God. Don't you know that sent them over the edge? We'll talk more about this the next time. Okay, again, I'm Dale. I'll see you then.